Hello and welcome to Post Loons. We are here to talk about Minnesota United, apparently. Uh, even though I'm not sure Carter or I want to that much at this point, we're here for you to provide content to the people. My name is David Naylor. Across the screen from me is Carter Hoffer. We, we are here to talk some soccer. Carter, how are you this evening? Well, I was better before watching the game. That's I would strongly agree with that. I was having a great evening, and then, <laughs> and then the seventh minute of this game happened. We were about done. Um, we'll dig into that in short order, but a couple of reminders as we get going with the program. Be sure, no matter where you're watching us, whether it's on Twitter or YouTube or Facebook or any of the other places you might find us, subscribe, leave a thumbs up. We have all kinds of cool content in many of those places. Do it some breakdowns on YouTube. Look around, see what you can find. Uh, you can leave a question or a comment or a take to be read on the air. I've already got a few of them in the comments from when our YouTube link got posted. So thank you in advance to those of you who I'm about to feature. Um, if you want to continue to support us and our work at Soda Soccer, you can take the next step and directly support us at patreon.com slash soda soccer for as low as $3 per month. Carter and I, believe it or not, are paid to be here, which is at least part of the reason why we're here tonight. So if you like having this space and like making us be here to talk about a bad soccer team, feel free to contribute some money to that end. And with that, let's dig into this. So if if you missed the game and just saw this come up on your Twitter timeline, Minnesota United lost badly uh, this evening in in sunny Canada and Montreal to CF Montreal. The final score of the game was four to nothing. Montreal goals coming two in the first half, two in the second half, and two from former Minnesota United striker Mason Toy. What a coincidence that that happens to be. So Toy scored in the seventh minute, the fifty-seventh minute. Uh, Brooke Yillard scored in the twelfth minute, and Camacho scored in the seventy-sixth minute for Montreal. So let's go ahead and dig into this with a comment from Dave Valensky. Thank you, Dave. Thank God for international break. That was awful. Just effing awful. I agree. Do you agree, Carter? You know, no need to sugarcoat it. I like where Dave's coming from. <laughs> I just. It was straight up bad, kind of the whole game. The first half in particular, um, they didn't look like they'd shown up for the game. It with There are games, I said this on Twitter while we were watching the game, I there are games where I trust them when they're playing out of possession to counter and to move with precision and to move with threatening ability. This was them just kicking the ball in the touch over and over whenever they got the ball and Montreal taking a healthy advantage of that and having all of the ball and all of the chances and all the important events. Yeah, it's really rough when you see any sort of the defense and the midfield just shoving the ball up there and not even attempting to connect play, not even attempting to just get something going. Because if we're not even trying to build something up, what's what's the point? Why are we playing? It Yeah, it's just... It, and I, I almost – I should have been keeping better track of it and taking better notes during the first half. I wanted to see if literally every outfield player from Minnesota had kicked the ball in the touch at least once because I can remember moments from seven or eight of the players who just kicked the ball out of nowhere. It wasn't a clear. It was just you missed badly and you lost the ball. I mean, what can we expect from them? They are only professional football players. And then several of whom have been playing for this team for a number of 
matches years at this point. So it's certainly not a matter of they don't know where the other players are going to be. Everyone has their things that they're going to do and that things that uh, the other players on their team should be looking for. And yet we still just send these passes into nowhere, into the other team. I saw quite a few of them just directly to Montreal. Yeah, and like he was even even players who I was seeing have good moments. Zarek Valentin was one that came to mind. Valentin had a cross in for a good moment from Bongiwane towards the end of the first half. But Valentin had one where he just kind of passed the ball straight to a Montreal player coming up midfield. Just kind of didn't seem like he was paying attention or was all the way awake or like just kind of steering with ste- steering without looking a little bit. <laughs> It's. I, I, I don't even know why it would be a problem, though. I don't know where this could have come from. It's not like it's something – it's definitely something that happens to our guys more often than it should with them being who they are. But it seemed like it was much worse today. It seemed like we just didn't have anything going. So, to – I'm going to transition to a different point out of that. Emmanuel Reynoso, we, we've talked a lot about the first half now. Emmanuel Reynoso came out at halftime. For Amanda Garcia, and that that was the decision that it made. It led to some interesting strategical things, but the team looked much better with Reynoso on the field. The chances looked like they were there. The chances were created both from Reynoso and for from Reynoso to other players. I'm going to bring up a comment from Foot Trap Ten on YouTube here. Should have started Reynoso and seen how he felt at halftime. Going down two goals so early is a psychological block that is hard to overcome. Carter, do you agree or disagree with this take? I agree with the take, but I think he did the right thing. I personally would have loved to see Reynoso start the game and just checked in on him. But if it comes to that point, is Reynoso going to tell the truth? Is Reynoso going to admit that he's not willing, that he's not fit enough yet to go the full 90? And if he's not willing to admit that, is he willing to just pull him at the halftime if he thinks that he shouldn't go the full 90 because that could leave just a little bit of bad look and a little bit of animosity between the two. And it's not really something that you want. So yes, I would have loved to see him start. I do think that he's made the right decision by starting him. at the and, and I agree. Like I understand the theory behind this idea, but at the same time, Reynoso wasn't the one who was going to prevent those two goals that went in necessarily. That's not necessarily his part of the team. And so they could have gone 2-0 and down 2-0 and not been able to bring Reynoso on at halftime. And, like, I I know I I am not close to – like, I live in Iowa. I'm not close to the, to the team. I don't go to training. I don't go to these things. I would be at least a little bit surprised if Reynoso is not starting the Minnesota's next game coming out of the international break in um, two weeks, not counting the friendly. We're not talking about the friendly the game in Utah against RSL on June 24th, I would be at least a little bit surprised if Reynoso doesn't start that game. I think that that would make a ton of sense. And I think he'll probably like two weeks of training. He's not going on international duty. He'll be here. He might play in that friendly game just to get some more minutes under his belt and to get another like somewhat competitive run out. But it, he came back two, three weeks ago from his, extended absence it takes some time for a player to get back to match fitness after not playing since october november that's just reality so i i wrote about reynoso this week and how important he is to the side and what he brings to the team when he's doing his best and you saw so many elements of that in tonight's game 
you saw his close control, you saw the passing, you saw the shooting distribution, you name it. It was all there. But I don't think tonight was the time yet to put him in the starting lineup. I think that's going to come. And I think if there's anything you can take to be a little optimistic about the team going forward is like Reynoso still looks like Reynoso when he's on the pitch. Mm-hmm. And you're going to continue to get more minutes and more time out of him as he gets back acclimated to match fitness. Yeah. Thankfully, he doesn't look like he's just fallen off a cliff from being away from the game for so long. He doesn't really look like he's been away from the game for as long as he has been. He doesn't look like he's only been training for two weeks. He is still Reynoso. So, like you said, it's nice. It's very nice to see that still being there. Let's um, – I'm saving a certain theme in our comment section for later in this program. Carter, do you want to hit one of your three things? Yeah, I would love to just talk about the fullbacks for a little bit here. Um, Taylor had a rough first half, man. He had a rough first half. That second they, goal. They targeted him just mm-hmm. absolutely mercilessly. They knew it, too. Mm-hmm. And I, he was on the left side for the first half, right? And then he switched over to the right when Paddleford came on? I believe so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he definitely played much better in the second half, which, thank goodness. But that first half, he that first – or the second goal just – did not know where his guy was. Ball went right over him. He cut in. He put it into the top of the net. Nothing anyone else could have done about it. That was pure positioning. And then, like you said, they were targeting him. I saw Montreal do the exact same thing in that first half. And he just wasn't able to finish it. Uh, I think that was the one they played into Toy. And Toy had that um, scissor kick, that boxel block, thank God. Because otherwise, that the would have been the anger of a goal. <laughs> I, I I said at the time, like, I would have cheered that goal because that would have been just mm. obscene if I had hit that. <laughs> oh, it would have been crazy. You can't – all things aside, loons are my team. That would have been a spectacular goal. I love it's seeing not. things like that. Um, but then also, I thought that Valentin had a couple issues. I thought he played well, but I definitely feel like that third goal, he looked like he was lost between the winger and Toy because he should have at least chosen one. He didn't get in the, way, in the way of the initial shot, and then he didn't do anything on the rebound. So, he, Which, maybe it's not him, but from the look, he just looked lost on that. For sure. I, And it's rough because, like, they... Who did I read this from? I think it might have been Jacob Schneider, friend of the program. They... Not good enough on both ends. Missing a starting midfielder, starting left back, and no real identity at the nine position. It's pretty obvious that this team is missing a starting left back, and boy, does everyone they play know it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's DJ's guy to an extent, but also he's right back, playing left back. So that's the thing. My, um, my one thing, as you might expect, is about numbers. The XG from this game is weird. So MLS does a thing where they um, they, they have a graph on the website where you can see like the XG by every chance and watch it go up for the entire 90 minutes. You can watch it live through the game. It's a great resource. The match summaries on the website are great. So I went to look at that at the end of this game because I'm like, surely United have like a real amount of XG from this game given how many it feels like amazing chances they've missed. They... They they only got over one XG on the MLS website on the Bongi chance in the 92nd minute that he fluffed. 
MLS website says 1.1. I've been told that FOTMOB says 1.1. Mm -hmm. The Apple broadcast at the end of this game put up their stat block and said that Minnesota had 2.2 XG. Now, okay, I it's just a number, right? Like it it can be right, it can be wrong. I don't think I've ever seen a single game with a discrepancy of over a goal between one source and another. And I don't know what's right, but it felt to me somewhere in the middle was the happy place there because it felt like Minnesota had actual real chances, particularly in the second half of this game to score. And I don't know if that's right or not, but it, it just, that was an, an anomaly to me. So it's like, you could read it one way and say the way it looks on the graph is like they did, they had a whole bunch of quarter half chances that nobody hit which, like, that's going to happen from time to time. Nobody missed a giant chance other than Mongi. Um, <laughs> but I would argue for that Garcia whiff. Oh, yeah. I mean, does it count if he doesn't touch the ball? I don't know. I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be part of the problem there, is Mender didn't touch that ball. Apple's counting it. Apple's counting it. MLS isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, everybody's everybody's in the comments with like, yep, the whiff didn't count, and that's the problem. <laughs> that's so funny. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> oh man, good times. Let's pull up another. Let me just feature a few of you here. Eric Beckman, does the Mender whiff count? <laughs> whiff doesn't count. <laughs> We're all on top of it. <laughs> oh man, that. I feel so like it's it's both. I'm I'm gonna cheat and jump to another one of my points. I feel so bad for both Mender and Bongi, and like I should be mad at them. I I said during the game I almost cussed at Mender when he missed that chance. Um, but like it's cursed. The nine's cursed. <laughs> it is, but who breaks it? Do you think Team Wapoki breaks it? All these reports coming in that he might be coming in. I so okay. Do we put enough balls into the number nine that Timu Kuki will be able to score? He's now that we know there, and I don't yes. think he's ever been like a super forward forward. I I think that it's it will be the closest thing to a veteran like certified real striker. The team has gone and signed that isn't 38 years old. No offense to Kai Kamara, uh, who is a absolute legendary legendary striker in this league and is still scoring goals now for a different team and is fourth or fifth in MLS history in number of goals scored. Kai didn't work in the system, and that's fine. I don't think he was necessarily meant to. Puki, Puki has, like, he's scored lots of goals in the Premier League. And the championship. And yeah, he's older than he once was, but that's your guy I, as far as anything. So we've got a lot of Pookie. I'm going to bring up Dave Valensky again. If Pookie is a free agent, can't we just pick him up right now? I think I know the answer to this, and it has something to do with the other bit of Minnesota United news that wasn't this game today. So about two hours before kickoff, I want to say um, – the transfer of Luis, Ma, Luis Amaria to Mazatlan in Liga MX was announced by both Mazatlan and by Minnesota United. 
what that does, I I think I don't remember if Amaria had been bought down from being a DP or not for this season. I didn't look at the salary numbers. So you've opened a DP slot, which presumably you would need for Simupuki to come to MLS, mm-hmm. and also an international slot, which I don't remember if Minnesota is capped on either of those things, but getting Amaria out is what needed to happen to get Puki in, at least from the MLS side of things. Now, we don't know where the negotiations are at in terms of contract figures or like when would he start with the team, when would he come over, but I I assume the Amaria out transaction needed to be completed before the Puki in transaction could be completed. So I think we can at least hold a little bit of optimism that that could happen over this international break or at least sometime in the month of June. That's my take. What do you think, Carter? That was definitely what it is. We definitely did. We're at the max of three DP spots. Um, as for international spots, I'm not 100% sure where we were on that, but we did need to open up a DP slot for him. Um, and then also he is with Finland on the international break right now. So, yes, we could have gone and gotten him if we had those slots open. He wasn't ever going to come until after the international break. He's just finished off a hard season. He's going straight into Euro qualifying. He probably didn't want to even think about contract negotiations in between the two. To bring up Eric Grady, um, I think they can't add him until the July window, and I don't remember how that works for free agents, but MLS's secondary transfer window opens on Wednesday, July 5th, after the 4th of July holiday. So there's also a possibility that they have to wait until after that, which is another three fixtures down the road, I want to say, three or four. But you'd imagine, like, it's one of those things that they have to – they're talking now, even if they Mm -hmm. can't sign the paperwork until July 5th. Absolutely. Jeremy, friend of the program in the chat, needed to move on Maria to open up the designated player spot, and the Donald Henry Wave opened up the international spot. Louis Louis got his green card. I did forget about that. That was this year. So thank you, Jeremy, for having the, the facts in the chat for us. Appreciate you, sir. Um, yeah, that's that's about all I've got on Pookie. He 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 would be the closest thing to a sure thing this team has ever signed. If he doesn't do it, seems cursed. Yeah. Like, and so I'm, I'm willing to I'm willing to entertain that possibility. Well, probably. I think Ramirez just when he on his way out, he was like, "Yeah, I'll leave this for him." Um. Why don't you hit another one of your three things? What else have you got for us? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to circle back to uh, Jacob's tweet that you brought up that we're missing a winger, a nine, and a left back. And say that I liked what I saw from Paddleford Pad- uh, 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 today. Pedelford, sir. Pedelford? The I was trying to uh, – I saw that tweet. It wrong. Shout out to former Minnesota United uh, public relations person, Gabriela Lozada, who said on Twitter – it's Padelford. I literally wrote it in the media guide. Padelford. It's Padelford. Okay. I saw I saw the tweet. I I couldn't put it together. Padelford. So I liked what I saw from Padelford in the minutes that he got today. He got forward. He got into offensive positions. I didn't see anything glaring on the defensive end. I wouldn't mind seeing him ran out as a starter for a game. I wouldn't mind seeing him get more minutes than the, what, 25, 30 he got today. Well, and he's one that he has played – I checked this last week, so I don't know if he played for Tuzies this, this week, but he had he played six and started six in, for MNFC2 
in uh, MLS Next Pro. So he's like he's played competitive 90s this year. So mm-hmm. it would not be a minutes stretch for him to be able to go 60, 75, 90 minutes. Now, like MLS is a different beast in terms of who you're covering and what you're doing, but it in terms of like it's it's a different question than Reynoso, right? Like Reynoso's coming up back from not playing where Pedelford has been playing in two for a lot a good chunk of the season and he'd be ready to go if Heath trusts him to get in there. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean I hope that Heath does. I would like to see something get shooken up here. I don't think that anybody's spot should be safe after today. We got a couple of comments on that very theme here. Um, let's see. Which one do I which one do I think of here? Pick a card, any card. Yeah, like, there's there's so many good ones in here. We we'll go with Jake Hamish from YouTube. Trap out, Franco out, Mender out, bring up M- MNUFC two guys or sign guys, but we have no depth. Jake, you're not wrong. You're not um, wrong. I wouldn't mind seeing trap be replaced i don't think we just get rid of him i think he is good i think he's overpaid i think that he's probably not at the level he was when we signed him for that bigger deal um as for franco i liked what i saw from franco in the second half once reynoso came on franco fragapane was a very different player and i thought that he did well he was part of those players that got us all the chances in the second half um mender the poor guy (laughs) yeah mender out I to to bring bring a point up another one from Dave Valensky, which I mm. actually agree with this point. Franco totally connects with Reynoso without him. He's a deer in headlights. And I think that that is partially because of the positions they're playing. Franco Fargapane is not a 10. Mm-mm. He was started at the 10 in this game. He's not a 10. He never has been a 10. He never will be a 10. And that's okay. He's an attacking left side midfielder. He goes next to the 10. That's where he goes. So when you play him in position with an actual 10, he looks like a much better player. Weird. Like, I, it it makes perfect sense. And, and like, yeah, they, Fragapane and Reynoso have played a bunch together and have, Fragapane has scored on Reynoso assists. They understand each other. That just makes sense. But Minnesota United doesn't always make perfect sense. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And with that, we're going to take a quick break here to tell you about our sponsors at Better Edge. Have you ever wished there would be a website where you could make bets with your friends? The days of using Cash or Venmo for one-to-one bets are over, my friends. Better Edge, a Minneapolis-based company, has revolutionized the social sports betting scene, allowing their users to bet with or against each other on NBA, NHL, MLB, and soccer competitions like the Premier League, Champions League, and, of course, Major League Soccer. They also offer weekly pick'em competitions as well, like our very own MLS Pick'em, where you can bet real money or edge coin play money and make your picks for the weekend's games. Better Edge is not a sports book that profits off your loss. You don't bet against Better Edge. You bet against other users on the platform, which is why it's legal to use in Minnesota and 46 other states nationwide. Sign up today and get a free $20 in your account when you visit betteredge.com slash loons and create your account. Again, use betteredge.com slash loons to sign up 
and get $20 in your account today, courtesy of our friends at Better Edge. You can see right there at the bottom, B-E-T-O-R, edge.com slash loons. There we have it. On the other side, my my second thing, which is actually my third thing because I did them out of order, I think that Emmanuel Reynoso is still a good enough and important enough player to this team to make them go places like the MLS Cup playoffs. I wrote a piece this week on sodasoccer.com, which you should go read, about what he does and how he fits into this Minnesota United team. Because we haven't seen him play a full 90 for them since October of last year. It's been a hot minute. You saw when he came on the pitch today, he created chances for other people, even if they didn't convert them. He had two real good chances of his own that just went outside the crossbar and or got tipped over the bar by Montreal's keeper, who did a great job tonight. And his control in close situations, I know the broadcast, it was incredulous in a couple of positions about Montreal had two players on him and it didn't matter because he could just get away from him because that's what he does. The, the problem I have with this, which is the problem that it's been for three years now, four he was there in 2020, almost four years now, is that they are a one-trick pony of a team. It's Reynoso wins them the games, or he doesn't. And that's what they've been. That is their identity, whether Adrian Heath likes it or not. Like, it is, particularly in a match like this where you're seeing him on for a half, off for a half, it is so, so, so obvious how everything about this team works when Emmanuel Reynoso plays the number 10 position. When he doesn't, stuff doesn't work. Yeah, it's it's been a problem that we've just been staring in the face and not willing to ever talk about or try and find a solution for. And if we don't want to find a solution, I it's fine. We can get places with this. We got all the way to the Western Conference Finals, and we're winning with this. And he still can. But if we want to fix it, what do we do? Do we go and get another playmaker like Reynoso? Do we just need to get somebody that can actually finish these chances and then it doesn't matter? Because if people are going to be double and triple teaming Ray like they were today during that second half, do we just need someone that's competent on the ball and we'll be fine? I that's been the question for the seven years this team's been in MLS pretty much is put somebody in the nine. Like it's the comments that have been around on Twitter and other places is how many former Minnesota United strikers have scored multiple goals in MLS this year? Cause it's at least three. You got Mason toy tonight. You got Christian mm-hmm. Ramirez in Columbus. You got Kai Kamara. I don't even remember what team he plays for now, but he's played for a bunch and he's Colorado. still looking He's in Colorado. I think it was, yeah, it was Colorado that he dropped two on us for. I'm Googling this before I say it wrong. Somebody in the chat's going to get that before I do. Plays for Chicago now. Chicago. Chicago, yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's at least three, and I might be forgetting more. I think most yeah, of the other strikers we've had have <laughs> transferred out of MLS. So I don't who, who like Christian left and then came back. Yeah. And 
Like I'm let let's watch Amaria go score goals in Liga MX for the worst team in Liga MX. That wouldn't that would also be indicative of a curse on the team. Yes, at that point, that is the curse. If he can for, go for those, score somewhere for else. For those of you who haven't looked at a Liga MX table, Mazatlan is literally the worst team in the league. Bottom of the table. They're the worst. So if he goes and starts banging in goals for them, that's interesting to me. <laughs> on like a spiritual level. <laughs> Um, some, to talk through some, I'm wondering knows a point that some people have talked about in the chat. Uh, Tyler Kruger, Ray is also lazy on D and Eric Beckman's counterpoint here is hard to disagree on Ray at, on D at Tyler. Lots of pressing. I would have to side with Eric on this one. Uh, Mayo Reynoso has led the entire league in duels by over a hundred duels in each of the last two seasons. Pressing's what he does. He's that's what he does. <laughs> if he's not doing it this season, it's because he's not match fit yet. That's it. We have all of the data necessary to back that up. I think I think what he's more going for is that Reynoso can get to the point where he doesn't want to do it anymore sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it looks like he's not doing it. Because I've seen that myself, but he's absolutely he's absolutely making all of these duels in this press. But there are times where it just seems like he doesn't want to do anything. Right. Well, and like when you're down four nil, like get it in this particular situation. I don't want to do anything, and here we are talking about it. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta buckle down and do it. Um. Let's let's talk about Jake Hevish's question. They just put in the chat here of our top eleven players. Who would you keep rather than trying to upgrade? For me, it is Ray, Bongi, Tapias, and that is it. I agree with Colin Hawkins in our chat, who has also added Michael Boxall, and I strongly agree with that. Who else I would you he, add, or would you subtract anyone? I think absolutely keep all of those. I'm glad the, the addition of Boxall. I like Boxall. He does good work on the defensive end. I think that we don't need to go out looking for an upgrade to Dane St. Clair yet. I think he is having a bad season so far this season, but he is only one season removed from an all-star appearance. So I think that Dane still just needs time to develop. Goalkeepers develop slowly. Um, I like what he has. Um, who else do we have? I think Kervin Ariaga. I think that we can absolutely keep Ariaga and put him at the double pivot with somebody else. I think that we don't need to keep both of them, but I think I like what I see from Kerwin. I would absolutely want him to be kept on the team, and I wouldn't want us to go looking for a Kerwin replacement because I don't think we need one. If if I may offer an argument for both Hassani Dotson and Dane St. Clair, um, they are relatively young in MLS terms. Hassani is 25. Mm-hmm. St. Clair is 26. And are reasonably cost controlled for a team that seems to care about that. And Dotson at the very least has shown in the past that he is an MLS starting quality midfielder. And I, the, I think that the midfield pivot and the solution to that is if the team can solve what the pairing is, whether it's with, two players that are on this roster or two players who aren't or a mix vice versa that might solve some of their problems. We, we have talked already on this very recording about Will Trap 
probably not being a part of this team's future because it doesn't seem like that works very well on this team. But I don't like I don't know if Ariaga Dotson is the solution because we've seen that and I'm not sure it's worked. But I don't know if getting rid of either Ariaga or Dotson makes sense. Even if like you might lose Hassani if he goes if he goes to the bench, he might not like to be a bench player in MLS. Yeah. But I like he he and Dane both I would consider very hard keeping at the very least. The other thing which I'll get another Jake Hemish comment up here. Missing Laud, I think, hurts as well. I have been one to sing the praises of Robin Lud many times for many years on many different podcasts, even when he was playing not very well for Minnesota United. It sucks because, number one, he's a stopgap in, like, four different positions. And, number two, he's still probably your team's best right winger, even with the form Bongi had been in, even though the last couple games have been a bit rough for him. Like... It's this is this is one of those things with Bongi not hitting all the goals where you remember that this team's attack in theory, if everybody's healthy, is if they side Pookie, put Pookie up top, and then Fragapane, Reynoso, Wood is the attacking three behind. And that has worked really well. So it, missing him, missing him sucks on like four different levels because it's the depth and it's the quality. Yeah, he easily slots in to quite a few different positions as a starter if we need him as a starter. So having him out for however long he's out for is going to be rough. I don't think it's a full season injury. I think it's a few months. But it's definitely someone that we're going to miss because Robin Wood is just a good player. Through and through. For sure. So, but other than, so we've got Ray, Bongi, Tapias, Boxy, and then if you wanted to include Lud in this conversation, like, he's a keeper for me. What do you, so, let, let's talk about Bongi for a little bit, because Tyler Kruger here, if Bongi had the finishing, he would be a monster. So, we've seen him finish this season he's done it but we've also th- seen moments like tonight in the 92nd minute where like it looks like he's in his head right now when you have the chance that he had where he got across into the box four yards out from goal came right to his feet tries to kick with his right foot and hits himself in the left foot with the ball i that's a mental thing like that that's the kind of thing that a player who's confidence is there that doesn't happen so it's weird to me that it, that's just completely gone right now i would actually say that that was a little bit too confident of a take because i think he was trying to get a little too fancy with that finish which is why he ended up hitting his left i think he was trying to flick that on i don't think that he's consistent enough i think is more the problem than he's in yep. his head right now and then like and and then like Mender, right? I there aren't many things that I would say I could do on an MLS field. I'm pretty sure I could have put a shot on goal from that cross. Me, I'm 33 years golden old, and the last competitive soccer I played was JV in high school. <laughs> I was a number nine though. 
Uh, I would say that I'd probably be as consistent. I would hit a ball, but I would also whiff on something like that. I've played no. enough. I've played enough up here to know that I still whiff on some of these chances. I'm not telling you how hard I would hit it, but I'm pretty sure I could get it on goal. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure, I think. Yeah, I just I don't know what he was doing in the first half. He wasn't getting on the ball. He wasn't making runs into channels. He wasn't doing anything to open up the pitch for his teammates. I don't know what Mender needs to be doing different other than all of it, which is just too much to ask. Right. Like, is he going to play the um, Abu Dhanladi role of years past of we're going to hit long balls and you're going to go chase them because he needs to go chase them if we're going to do that and we need to provide them. It doesn't look like that's the plan because it's not happening. So what is the plan? I wish we were making long balls over the top and let people go chase them. Absolutely. Like Bongi and Mender Garcia go chase some balls, let everyone else get up the field behind them, play it back. I've seen Ariaga hit and Rosales hit so many goals as these like late arriving eights. Let's and do Dotson, that. And Dotson. Hassani bangers only Dotson. Let's not forget about that. <laughs> Absolutely. You're right. You're right. But why, why aren't we at least trying something like that? <laughs> Uh, and that brings us to the conversation point that so many of you have contributed to our chat. We'll start, we'll go with Chris Affleby because I saved this one from early. This team is just not playoff level, and I don't think any number of new players can fix that. Hashtag Heath out. There, there is a large amount of Heath out in our uh, chat this evening, as you might expect after getting spanked 4 nothing in Montreal. So... Are you Heath out, Carter? Is it is it time? I I am Heath out for the sole matter that what he has does work, but it only works to a certain point. We will absolutely make the playoffs this year. I think we will. Nine teams do it. We're going to make it. Does it matter at this point? We've made the playoffs for the past however many years. We haven't gotten close except for the 2020 season. At this point, we need to move past just making the playoffs. And if that's changing the coach, I'm happy to do it. I like Adrian. I think what he does works, but it doesn't work well enough. It, and and how I would answer this is to, to lead into another theme from our comments, which from Waters YTH on YouTube, at what point do we blow the whole thing up? Because this isn't the same as like, the NBA or the NHL where you you trade all your good players and you tank for a year and get the number one player in the super draft. We don't get to take Lionel Messi in the super draft. Unfortunately, he gets to go to Miami. Um, Cause that's just, that's not as much how MLS works in terms of talent acquisition. The super super draft is good, but getting the number one pick in the super draft isn't that big of a deal. However, blowing the whole thing up in terms of firing Adrian Heath transfer out all of the high value things, possibly make some changes in the front office and in the scouting departments of this team, because the, it could be very easily argued that the scouting of this team has been one of the biggest flaws in terms of let's look at how many strikers they've tried to sign that just haven't worked. Okay. And that's, I don't know, like, the concept of blowing it up doesn't make sense to me in MLS, but at the same time, as a Tottenham Hotspur fan, that shoulder, 
there is something to be said for it's time to just kind of get rid of about half your team and kind and let it ride for a season and see what happens. And that might be better psychologically for you at the very least. But competitively, Minnesota United wasn't competitive tonight. So the argument would be if they would be as competitive as they were tonight with a team of MNUFC2 players signed up to small contracts and youth players signed up from the U from the USL championship or signed from Central America or from smaller European leagues. Side go out, sign players like a Songbin Jong, for example. Songbin is 20, 21 years old. Like that's the archetype of player that you want to try to develop. And then if you do do all of that, you're probably gonna lose a whole bunch. And you might want the coach who you want in charge of those players once they've developed for a year or two. And I think it's a very valid question to ask if that's not what Adrian Heath would want to be in charge of, or nor should he be in charge of that if they make that choice. So I like, I have never been one to be strong on the Heath out bandwagon. I've, I've been talking on Minnesota podcast for a really long time at this point, and I have been resistant to the idea, but it's not going to take that many more games like this game, SKC, Houston. If they're going out and getting beat 3-0, 4-0, every game they're going to go out, he's not going to last. They, they haven't had a run of results like this since, like, well, the, 2018 probably just getting spanked week in and week out that they've done a lot of things and played a lot of bad soccer, but they don't lose like this that often, mm -hmm. which I think is part of why Adrian Heath is still employed by Minnesota United. These are the kinds of games that get your coach fired. Yeah. Usually if we open the floodgates like that, we at least score two. Yep. And it makes us feel a little fuzzy. Well, inside. that's I, I went back and looked in the stats to see when the last time we allowed a four goals was. Um, which the last time was four one in Kansas City, uh, September of last season. But before that were the games in I think August of last year where they were four three and four four. Mm -hmm. Which like if we're playing that kind of game, let's play that kind of game. I'm good with that. <laughs> I could watch a four four and not be that mad about it. <laughs> well you'd be happier than tonight at the very least right like tonight was just like suck all the joy out of everything i have <laughs> enjoying watching this team just uh and like credit to montreal right like to to do a brief thing because we both hinted on it i'm i and many other people have said i'm really happy for mason toy man it, he has gone through a lot of injury struggles and a lot of adversity in both Minnesota and elsewhere in his professional career. And to see him come back from injury and score two goals like that, that first goal was a banger. That was an amazing goal. I love that, that was a goal. Great, yeah, that was a great run. So I'm like, I am so happy for him. That's, that's great to see him succeed. It's, I cannot be anything but happy for him. And he did not celebrate that first goal. He celebrated the second one. And uh, Bridget McDowell of Northern Lights Football, I think, said, said it the best. 
not celebrating the first one fair enough go ahead and celebrate the second one we deserve that yeah um and montreal's keeper i forget how to say his name <laughs> don't don't look to me i like i'm gonna butcher it it's Syrah. i assume he's montreal-ish <laughs> french whatever french canadian uh couple of banger saves. The, the one he had on the Reynoso shot in about the 75th, 76th minute was a really great save. So, yeah. the team that won 4-0 also won 4-0 for a reason. Serwa? Oh, yeah, that's what it was. I'm not good at it, sorry. Thank you for the correction, Foot Trap 10. Appreciate the pronunciation guides from everyone in the chat. We're we're here to learn from you guys as much as anything else. <laughs> God, aren't, aren't names fun? Names are just the hardest part of this, easily. Uh, we'll, we'll end with the one last one from Jake Hemish. If we did go after another coach, who are you interested in? I'm not going to lie. I straight up don't have an answer to this question. I don't know. I would. Ha I mean, I'm going to have to go over to people that probably wouldn't be super interested in coming to MLS. But you know, Wayne Rooney did it. So, Patrick Vieira, let's go get him. I don't want Frank Lampard anywhere near this club. As a Chelsea <laughs> fan, I will say that. <laughs> let's not give him the second chance. Okay, so if we're going with our EPL homer sides, I would give Ryan Mason a call. Unironically, I don't think he would do it because he is like that man bleeds Tottenham and he'll stay there no matter how many managers he follows through. Um, but he keeps getting pieces of management experience in places that a 34, 35 year old doesn't normally get them. And you'd be interested to see if he'd be willing to get some, like, do you want to actually manage a club? for a year or two years instead of just keeping being interim after Tottenham fires yet another coach. <laughs> didn't, didn't you guys fire the interim of an interim? At yes, we season? did. <laughs> it was a rough season. I have really enjoyed um, watching soccer this year. It's been just a great <laughs> experience for me personally. It's been so much fun. Uh, I, yeah. So like you could, you could look in England or you could look, I mean, are there any Finnish coaches? We we keep pl taking players from the Finnish national team. If we get Pookie, we're going to get another player from the Finnish national team, the fourth one Minnesota has employed. Um, so can we, like, go steal one of their coaches? Do they have any good ones? Yeah. I'm not super up to date on head coaches. I don't know the – It's not something I've got. I don't know the Finnish league well. I can't, I can't speak to that. Well, I'll say at the very least, our Finnish players, I've been happy with them. Yeah, so, same. if that's what it takes, we'll just keep going down the route. We can same just like, really... I, I, will, I would be very happy to be very happy with Team Apuki if that comes through. I'm mm -hmm. I'm down with that. Loved watching him in Norwich. So that's that's about all we got for the evening. Thank you guys. We the chat has been incredibly busy tonight. I'm glad that you you all chose us to be your venting partners this evening. I. I was ready to talk about this game. I know Carter was ready to talk about this game, and you guys have contributed so much and so many ideas. So thank you for joining us for this experience. Um, Minnesota next plays in MLS play on Saturday, June 24th in Utah at Real Salt Lake. 
Before that, they have a friendly game against a Bundesliga team that I've forgotten about. Kaiserslautern? Kaiser Bundesliga 2, I think. I did not do the research on that. It's not in our notes. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's a game that's going to happen. Wayne Rooney had some very interesting comments on friendlies this week in MLS that were enlightening about not wanting to do them, but it's part of the job. <laughs> it is Kaiserslautern. Um, it's also very weird to do a, a friendly in the middle of the season. I don't necessarily understand it either. It's it's Europe's off season, so like I get why they want to do it, but yeah, it's this is what it is. It's this is not the first time Minnesota has done this. It happens. Um, the other thing to consider over the next couple of weeks, Minnesota United, obviously, is the international break. We have, I think, officially five players from the team that are on international duty this week. I know uh, Bongi got called up to the South African team for African Cup of Nations play. Um, let's see. Boxy is going to New- with the New Zealand national team for friendlies in Europe against Sweden and Qatar. Uh, Joseph Rosales is going with Honduras. Zach Valentin is going with Puerto Rico. And Dane St. Clair obviously is going with Canada. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the Everton game. One of my best friends is an Everton fan. That was hilarious on so many levels. <laughs> oh, it made me happy. It made me happy. It, it was very funny. Turns out it was a preview of things to come. I don't know how they stayed up. <laughs> <laughs> they, oh, they shouldn't have. But we're not here to talk about the Premier League. That'd be a whole other podcast. <laughs> well, it hasn't stopped Jacob and I before. Oh, Chelsea fans. Why am I always stuck with you guys? <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with it. We've anyway, su- now we've that suffered I suffered just as much. That's yep, sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you Ugh. to those of you who joined us tonight. Thank you to those of you who support us at Soda Soccer. Um, who read our content, who watch our stuff, and who subscribe to us on patreon.com slash sodasoccer for as low as $3 per month to support what we do here and in many other places. We have people watching Aurora. We have people watching the NPSL North. We have people all over pretty much anything you can think of in Minnesota soccer and even a little bit of Iowa soccer. I should have watched the Menace tonight, the Menace one tonight. Um, (laughs) When don't we? we, we've, we've got all that covered for you. What, again, I said this last week. Go watch Aurora. They keep winning like 6-0 over teams. It's great fun. Um, and thank you to Carter for joining me. This is a pleasure. Hey, it's nice to meet you. It's nice. Always yeah, fun man. to do it. It's a treat. So thank you, guys. We will be back, I believe, in a couple weeks for the Salt Lake game. Catch us up on Twitter if you have more feedback after the show. And we, we'll just keep talking. We'll be here. Thank you, guys.